welcome to the Slumber Party Cinema Club, a podcast for the movies that you've seen a thousand times and the silly and serious conversations they start. My name is Kate and I am one of your regular hosts. Today, Katie is actually out. She uh, decided to, to duck out of this episode because I really, really wanted to talk about two movies that were very formative in my childhood. And there was only one other person I could think of who would do those justice with me. And that is my very own sister, Bridget. So Bridget, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel so official being on a podcast. Well, I'm so glad you could join us. I know we've been trying to get you to come on as a guest host, but or a guest star, but I'm glad that you get to be a, a guest host with me instead. I skipped that step. I went straight for you went for straight hosting. for guest star. You went straight That's for how I roll. <laughs> it is summer, and I did see that recently one of the most formative movies of my early adolescence, late childhood, turned 20 years old. And because Katie is an old, she doesn't know this movie, or at least she's never seen this movie. She's seen the original that it it remade. Oh, of course. But she has not seen the 2003 Disney classic Freaky Friday, starring Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. And I know that you and I, Bridget, went to the movie theater with our parents, I think, to see that. And then I think it was just a couple years later. Maybe it was just one year later. Oh, yeah. One it was year just later. one year. Yeah, yeah. One year later, Lindsay Lohan came out in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, which where Freaky Friday was like all about the style for me. Like I was obsessed with her in Freaky Friday. I think Confessions of a Drama Queen was more that was more your movie, right? Oh, yes. The music the fashion, the costumes, which are two separate things, costumes versus outfits and, and style. But Freaky Friday is just so nostalgic Freaky Friday, I was thinking about everybody the who's in it. Yeah, I mean, I, both movies had stacked casts, but really what I look back at is having the uh, soundtracks on CD and taking the bus to middle school, listening to them on my little blue Walkman that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could probably recite the Freaky Friday soundtrack listing in my sleep at this point, because yeah. that informed so much of my music taste, everything from the Donna's to uh, American Hi-Fi, which was like my favorite band throughout high yeah. school. So uh, yeah, uh, definitely an important set of films that we're going to talk about today. Maybe not as highbrow as other ones that we've discussed on the pod before, um, but definitely not as lowbrow. We've discussed- Well, con- Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen did receive an award, a Teen Choice Award. So it, it's yeah. an award-winning win- film, technically. Well, and Katie and I, I believe, have discussed how- Society has this way of discrediting anything that predominantly young girls enjoy. Boy bands being mm. one thing, romance novels, chick, flick. mm-hmm. chick flicks. And actually, Freaky Friday, I didn't know this until today, got a Golden Globe nomination. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis got a Golden Globe nomination. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, we love Jamie. And a couple of Teen Choice Award uh, nominees, including a winner award for Lindsay Lohan. which is So they're both award-winning films. They are both award-winning films. It just depends what award you're looking at. An award is an award. And one is a female-directed film as well. Uh, Sarah Sugarman directed Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. She was previously married to David Thewlis, whose name might seem familiar because uh, he played Lupin, which is, you know, an interesting little piece of trivia. But she's also <laughs> she's also a prolific director. But yeah, so yeah, just a, an interesting career. Um, and then uh, Freaky Friday was directed by Mark Waters, who um, 
has been known for doing things like 500 Days of Summer. Uh, he did Girl- Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. And he also did the Vampire Academy movie. So his career went a little bit more mainstream, I think. But still, you know, if you look at both movies, they were Disney making movies for teenagers or young teens and their families because that was what pe- was drawing people to the movie theaters. And yeah, I love both of them. I like Freaky Friday more. And I would say to your earlier point, Confessions is probably my favorite out of the two. So just so our listeners, if you aren't familiar with these. So Freaky Friday is a remake of a movie that came out in 1976 starring Jodie Foster. Uh, as the teen daughter and Barbara Harris as her mother and John Aston, who you might recognize as Gomez Adams on the TV series, The Adams Family. And the original. The, ori- the original Adams Family. The original <laughs> Adams Family. Also, Sean Aston's father. And then, uh, yeah, so they, they that was based off of a book that I remember reading when I was in middle school or something. I think I got from the library one summer. And then they made this movie out of it, which is like a really updated take and very 2003 garage band. So cool. I was so into it. And then Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is very different. <laughs> Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is the epitome of angst and overall glamour. Like it's angst meets glamour. You've got a teenage girl who's been uprooted from from her life in New York City and moved to New Jersey and is obsessed with a boy band, but not like your stereotypical boy band, like more of like a Rolling Stone, cool, older boy band. She makes friends. She finds that her little white lies get her in trouble. And it's a lot of hijinks. It's a lot of, of drama. One of, uh, one of the characters is her best friend who is just an anxious mess. And the, the difference between the two characters creates some pretty funny uh, situations. Well, yeah, because I think that your whole friendship starts off because they realize they're both super fans of this band. Yeah. But they, yeah, love, they both have. They love different performers from the band which is what makes them good friends because they aren't right (laughs) which is so relatable for that for that age Uh, when you're thinking of boy bands you know you love joey i love uh justin you know it's so common and when you're new in school like you can tell Lindsay lohan's character is just relieved and we can talk for hours about this band and therefore we're devoted to each other. It's that mm-hmm. simple. To the point that they end up eventually taking a train to New York to see the band. The band's called Siddhartha, by the way, taking a band, uh, a train to see the band in New York, even though they don't have tickets and with a whole bunch of dra- dramatic strings attached. Right. Lots of hijinks, as I said, moments where watching it in my, you know, mid to late twenties. Now looking back going, these parents, oh my gosh. You know, at the time when you're watching it, you're like, the parents are being so strict, blah, 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 blah. Watching it now, I'm like, if I had a teenage daughter, there is no way I would let her on that train without tickets <laughs> to this crazy rock show with her friends. Like, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting uh, shift in per- perspective. But overall, it, it's the, the angst and the drama of my life is over because of one small inconvenience. It's just all over the movie. Mm -hmm. every scene there's something like that yeah exactly like it's it is all like tiny insignificant 
not insignificant, but like it's it's essentially a white girl in the suburbs who has no, nothing mm-hmm. more to complain about than first world problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I still remember the scene where I think it's after all of it's blown up and she's like protesting being punished. So she's sitting. Uh, Lindsay Lohan plays a character named Lola, by the way, and that's not even well, her real name on it. That's... Her real name's Mary. Once her real again, name's Mary, but different. she goes by Lola. <laughs> <laughs> um but i remember there's a scene where she's sitting on her bedroom floor dressed in a gandhi costume like a white <laughs> like, toga and the glasses and declaring herself on a hunger strike because she can't go see the band mm-hmm. and then her mom finds old pizza crust in a box under her bed under her bed well and that rings true to you seeing as you know mom was always finding snack wrappers in your dress drawers. totally no wonder where you, that's where you got it from <laughs> that's what well at least i never dialed up and ordered a pizza to my room <laughs> at least <then laughs> yeah i'm still confused how she managed that right she figured it out somehow well and <laughs> you've also got megan fox who plays Arla. the quintessential mean girl character in every early 2000s teen early you know teen movie has one of those and oh yeah i i saw today she was megan fox this was her second movie ever and her first and only disney disney movie but yeah, she's sure just... right after this she scored transformers the first one that sounds right i mean this was the movie that i was introduced to megan fox it's like the movie that everyone was introduced to megan fox with i mean like you yeah. said she wasn't in very much apart from this one i think she was like uncredited in like bad boys 2 or something yeah and she's just she's the perfect type of mean rich you know my my daddy's a lawyer kind of character i like to think that like megan fox walked in this movie so that rachel mcadams could run in mean girls totally and you can't forget her love and lola's love interest which isn't really a love interest like you can tell that she like likes the boy but there's nothing that ever happens but he is like probably in my opinion my humble opinion one of the cuter male crush characters in these movies oh are we talking about sam yes sam where they have the close-up that scene when they're out having lunch in in like the yard of the school and they do a close-up of his butt oh yeah completely scandalous in a disney movie Oh my god, they just zoomed right in on those Levi's. Yep, which I mean, it's funny that he was in this movie, though, because like, if you look at his other credits, he was Stifler's younger brother in American Pie. <laughs> like, he was not Disney material, He although he, he also did the voice of Hogarth Hughes in The Iron Giant, too. Um, but he really hasn't done very much ever since then. I think his last thing was... Uh, the show called the North Pole that ran for 12 episodes in 2017. I remember watching the movie, though, the first time. I think it was my 13th birthday party. I think that's where you saw it the first time, too, which was a slumber party. So this counts. <laughs> um, <laughs> How fitting. That sounds and, right. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember, like, watching it and, like, there, that shot. I specifically remember that shot and all of us being like, ooh. but it's not like they kiss it's not like there's any like romantic interactions i mean there's the scene when she's auditioning for the musical where he's just in the back of the theater like staring at her with like really dark lighting but like the the light is like you know framing his eyes and his eyes are swelling with tears very dramatic he serves his purpose you know he he helps with the hijinks here and there and you know he's good to look like look at and you know we got to steal the dress from the finale of the film Mm -hmm. concert yeah 
and then for some reason sticks it in the hood like near the engine of the car he's working on which seems kind of like a fire hazard why he didn't just hand it over i don't know um but yeah so he he assists in the hijinks well and so we go from like tiniest little inconvenience becomes the biggest thing to a movie like freaky friday that had come out recent just before that a year before that where it's the most significant kind of thing that could possibly happen to you and it's Lindsay lohan fighting her way out of it Mm -hmm. which is pretty much that Lindsay lohan plays annabelle and she and her mom don't get along whatsoever and they're arguing at a chinese restaurant oh god it was early 2000s yeah Arguing at a Chinese restaurant when the Chinese matriarch, played by Lucille Soong, comes in with a a fortune cookie, and they read the fortune, and the next morning they wake up and they have switched bodies. (laughs) And all while Jamie Lee Curtis's character, the mom, is about to get remarried to the dreamboat. Mark Mm -hmm. Harmon. Yeah. I saw that apparently Tom Selleck was originally supposed to be cast. Tom Selleck like turned down the role or something. But you know, but... it's funny. I did see someone else that turned down a role. Um, I guess Kelly Osborne. Uh, yes, I, I saw that offered, too. Yeah, she was offered the role of playing Annabelle and turned it down. And then the movie blew up to be this big, you know, success. Well, and then you have um, the whole early 2000s feud between Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff. I am so glad you are bringing that up. (laughs) (laughs) The giant feud between them because they were like jockeying for position. And I guess Hilary Duff, when she didn't get the role of Annabelle, required, insisted that Lizzie McGuire do a body swapping episode, which I vividly remember. Oh my God, I don't remember that one. I vividly remember her and her mom switching bodies. And it always seemed, it kind of seemed weird because it seemed out of the blue for like a realistic, like daily TV show on Disney Channel to all of a sudden have. You know, we had Phil of the Future. Like there were, there were more imaginative series. Disney, Disney was getting weird with it at some point, where it was like the Wizards of Waverly Place came out not too long after that with Selena Gomez, and and I'm not, I'm not against the sci-fi magic kind of, you know, you know, escape from reality. It just seemed strange in that show that they would have an episode that kind of crossed that line of reality. Mm-hmm. But apparently Hillary Duff wanted to have that experience, whether it was Jamie Lee Curtis or her mom on Lizzie McGuire. And she did. And and the episode aired and all of that. But if you think of all of the Lindsay Lohan movies at that time, I can see Hillary Duff and some of these other girls. Yeah, I'd, I would be getting jealous. Well, but you totally. know, Hillary Duff had some vehicles. In fact, so in Freaky Friday, we know that Mark Harmon's truly the dreamboat. Annabelle has her own love interest. And that's... Um, Chad Michael Murray of One Tree. He just had a baby. Yes. And Chad Michael Murray in the 20th anniversary of this movie, and we'll get to this, we're going to talk about the music extensively, but he has been so excited about people celebrating the 20th anniversary of the movie because I guess, like, if you think about it, like, it put him on the map as like the cutie, right? But the other movie that put him on the map as a cutie was Hilary Duff's movie a year later called The Cinderella Story. If I had to pick any early 2000s movie to watch over and over again a cinderella story is it so invite me back for that episode when you do that <laughs> one because i could recite 95 percent of the words of that movie and 
seeing Chad Michael Murray in Freaky Friday versus him in a Cinderella story, it's polar opposites because Jake, the, mm-hmm. the his character in Freaky Friday, is grungy. His hair's kind of greasy. He's like clearly playing like the bad boy. Oh, he looks um, like the older brother in Boy Meets World. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And he gives off that, remember like Robert Pattinson, where he would show up and you'd be like, has he showered in a while? Like he's giving that, <laughs> like, that yeah. kind of vibe. And then in A Cinderella Story, he is clean cut, quarterback, all of that. Yeah. And so what's also interesting, and I'm sure you were going to get there, but I'll beat you to it. The mean girl in Freaky Friday um, is the same girl. The actress plays the mean girl in a Cinderella story. She's the one that um, spikes the volleyball. Oh, Stacy Hinkhouse. Stacy. Can you imagine the the applause in the writer's room when someone came up with that name? Julie Gonzalo plays Stacy Hinkhouse in Freaky Friday, who's like the stereotypical mean girl. Annabelle's mom is like, you guys used to be best friends. Why aren't you best friends anymore? The girl who plays Stacy, Julie Gonzalo, also plays the mean girl in A Cinderella Story. And so you've got two main characters, Chad Michael Murray and Julie Gonzalo, playing very similar roles in mm-hmm. two of the most popular early 2000s teen movies. You know, Stacey Hinkhouse, there, there were so many scenes that, you know, everybody knew a Stacey in high school. And of course you root for Annabelle. And you're going, why? Of course she's not friends because they couldn't be polar opposites. Well, and, and I think that what's cool about it, though, is that you see what Anna's life is. And she's really into her band. She's got her two friends, Maddie and Peg, who are in this garage band with her with like an unnamed drummer in the back. <laughs> but and he, they, I always wanted to know more about him because he was so he was just sort of like friendly, kind, but he was just there like it's like that thing you do with the bass player like they don't even name him in the credits he's just tb yeah and yet the man who plays tb player is famous in his own right he's ethan embry who you might recognize from grace and frankie as uh coyote and who also was in empire records which katie and i have talked extensively about uh for rex manning day well can we please talk about the fact that jamie lee curtis's character tess the Mm -hmm. mom Mm -hmm. is a therapist as you said this is early 2000s the way they portray her job is very much she deals with just basket cases you know she one of my favorite scenes is when she's going through the whole first part of the movie is is showing the lives of, of this mother and daughter and the mother is so distracted so stressed out all of that she's in the grocery store on her phone talking about you know, her wedding and meals. And then she gets a call from a client and her tone changes. And she tells her client on the phone, yes, I'll be, I'll be at our session tomorrow. And remember you are beautiful and independent and you don't need a man to to fulfill you. And she says this and doesn't realize that the woman behind the butcher counter is listening. And this woman goes, thank you. Like, and tearing up, like she's Mm -hmm. just, (laughs) she, she has been enlightened. And then of course you have her first client that we see, our favorite from Sex and the City, uh, Stanford Blatch. Yeah, Willie Garson. May he rest May in he peace. Rest, yeah. May he rest in peace. And he is outside of her door when she shows up late to the office in a puddle. He's just completely undone. 
And he says, I thought you forgot about me. And she says, how could I? I see you every single day. <laughs> so the the portrayal of her job as a therapist, and there's more throughout mm-hmm. the movie. It's just, it, it, it definitely gives you a peek into how therapy was viewed before now where it's it's widely accepted it's very normalized but they have tess coleman just seeing all of the the high need patients all of them who knows maybe that's the kind of practice she has but you're right i mean that adds to the comic relief right and and also to the to the foil of the fact that she can help all of her clients with these issues that they have but it takes a fortune cookie and swapping bodies with her teenage daughter to figure out why her relationship with her kid is on the rocks exactly the wonderful world of disney (laughs) <laughs> but then meanwhile confessions of a teenage drama queen uh i think we can both agree that lola desperately needs some therapy ella definitely um lola is a incredible manipulator oh yeah watching uh, one of the scenes that really hit home is when she's trying to figure out to our earlier point of stealing the the costume dress she's trying to figure out what she can wear that she already owns and it's this sequence that's like sped up of her taking everything out of her closet and creating this giant heap. And so as the heap is growing, you have her friend Ella next to the heap slowly falling to pieces mm-hmm. because she's panicking about having to lie to her parents to go to this concert. And you see this dynamic between them where Ella is so susceptible to that manipulation mm-hmm. of just wanting to grasp onto the friendship and Lola is ready to go. She's like, this is going to be great. I've got everything figured out. Don't worry about that. That's very logical. We're not going to think logically. We're going to just have a great time. I mean, Lola lies to Ella about her dad being dead. That's a sign that there may be some underlying issues in terms of mental health. And she builds into this huge story of he was speeding to bring flowers to her her mother and he got hit by a truck. A pizza truck. She, She describes her dad running into the pizza truck on his motorcycle and the toppings going everywhere. And they zoom in on a a portion of the road with just his boot. Ah, yes. Yes. But it, it, because she's coming up with a story of, no, you know, my mom's not a single mom. My mom, you know, is a widow. She's had, you know, she lost the love of her life and all of that. Once again, to the dramatics of, I want to be different and I want to be noticed and. And have a far more interesting story than I'm just another child of divorce and my dad lives in the city and we moved out here and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Whereas in, in Freaky Friday, part of the root of the problem is the fact that her dad is actually dead. And there's a huge part of that movie where it's them dealing with the fact that her mom's remarrying and Anna doesn't feel yeah. like she had much to say about it. Absolutely. Well, and, and the when they're desperately trying to figure out how to switch back, the fear is, I can't marry this man. Well, because in Disney, in Disney movie terms, it's just like, no, that would be really bad. And then like in like practical adult terms, you'd be like, oh, no, that would be horrible. We won't go there. Well, and so, I would like to mention so the book came out uh, back in 1972 and it was written by Mary Rogers. I remember reading it. I think I was in maybe fifth grade. I remember the book getting it from the library. It was probably a first edition, hardback, light purple cover. And instead of Freaky Friday, where you see the lives of both characters during their day, as the mom's going through her day as a teenager and the teenager's going through her day as a mom that has all these patients that she has to deal with. The book 
that was written in 1972 is a stay-at-home mom who you only see the perspective of the daughter in her body. So most of the book is spent, she's dealing with the fact that her crush from downstairs keeps coming upstairs because the apartment where they live is the only place where his sinus is clear. And eventually she realizes that while she always thought his name was Boris, it's actually Morris. But because he had a sinus, oh my gosh, <laughs> it sounded like he was saying, my name's Boris. So just little tiny, funny little things like that. But because you never see what's going on with the mother in the teenage daughter's body, the daughter starts having like having fears that her mom, something bad has happened to her mom while she's in the teenage body. And so she starts to cultivate the sense of why my mom might be so worried about who I, you know, what I'm doing, who I'm with, what I've decided to do after school, where I am. And so it's very much a book written for girls to be given by their mothers, <laughs> which is what mom did. She gave that one to me to read after she found out at the library. Apparently but she gave up on me because she never gave me that to read. She was like, she's a lost cause. Well, you know, we just had different reading, reading phases, you know? <laughs> I do have to bring up the makeover when Annabelle decides her mom needs to get a makeover while she, you know, while she's in her mom's body. But I kind of, I was always impressed that Annabelle didn't go, like, she has some good taste for, like, a middle-aged woman. Like, if you thought about, like, a 16-year-old in their mom's body could do anything they wanted, she did a pretty good job. If you think about like what the movie poster looks like, you've got Lindsay Lohan in a business suit and yes, Jamie Lee Curtis in a plaid skirt, knee-high boots and a denim jacket with a guitar. You never actually see them dressed that way in the movie. No. And for those who are listening that watch New Girl, Jamie Lee Curtis plays Jess's mom in oh, New Girl. Yes. And great. there is this great scene and this episode is all about Jess Zoe Deschanel wanting to get her par- divorced parents back together. She's always parent trapping them. So the whole episode is flashbacks of her as a kid trying to parent trap them. And then at present day Thanksgiving for them. And so in order to do that, she enlists the help of her best friend, Cece, who's the model, to give her mom a makeover. And essentially the make what the makeover they give Jess's mom is the same exact makeover <laughs> that Jamie Lee Curtis had in the in in Freaky Friday. And what's great is after it's done, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jess's mom, looks in the mirror and goes, I look like a slutty Katie Couric. <laughs> and it's just such a great subtle nod to Freaky Friday, you know, decades later. But her her makeover was really well done. I mm-hmm. think I was a, I was scarred a little bit with the 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 ear piercing gun scene oh, yeah, where she gets her right. cartilage pierced. This is the second Not movie the first... where Lindsay Lohan is somehow involved in a traumatic ear piercing scene. I mean, I'd rather watch the gun than in the parent trap with the the ice cube and the apple. Is that oh, what yeah, use? An yeah, and, and running the needle through a, a match point so a lighter. That, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the the makeover for Jamie Lee Curtis is just wonderful. But we have to get to the music because both Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen and Freaky Friday. Obviously, we had both CDs. Well. Oh, yeah. we, you had both CDs. I would I would steal them. What makes me a little 
biased towards con- the the teenage drama queen album is that it's like two soundtracks in one because you've got like this musical that happens within yeah. the context of the plot so you've got like a snippet every you know every couple tracks of like the musical and then you have like the 2000s to at your point earlier music that that is in the background for the rest of the movie well, so also the music Lo- that they perform though is already existing hits they do and now in my adulthood listening to the selections yes. like they do living in the city by stevie wonder mm-hmm. which is very much a story about the black experience in underserved neighborhoods yep. and the fact that they use that as the song that she's singing as she's checking out people at a suburban grocery store is interesting but then I completely also, agree you know but but yeah so they've got that and then i think this is the first time apart from maybe shrek 2 that i'd ever heard the song changes by david bowie i want to take a step back and go towards the music teacher and the director for the the musical she decides to modernize my fair lady and there's this great scene where in like the orchestra pit where you usually have your your band your orchestra it's just a bunch of kids with laptops and she goes children press your space bars and they all press their space bars and it's so techno and wild and out there the last scene and musical number can we talk about the fashion in terms of the low-rise jeans the oh, flare yeah. bottoms. Oh, the extreme bell bottoms with the shredded fabric. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> and her backup dancers all have crazy blue wigs on. It's trippy. Yep. And it's all because of the music teacher, it, it, this little lady who has created all of this. And not enough played love by, goes by to the her. incomparable Carol Kane, who has also been praised on this podcast for playing uh, Miracle Max's wife in Princess Bride, among yes. many other credits. Yes. What a hidden, like, a little gem of that mo- in, in that movie, of her playing this character that is not appreciated. She's used as comic relief. But when you take a step back, she created an entire musical. I mean, not using originals, but still. She's oh, she was the original Mr. Thing. Schuster from Glee. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's like, we're going to take covers of all of our favorite songs and throw some wigs on on some teenagers and and go for it. And so you've got and both Freaky Friday and Confessions have Lindsay Lohan singing. So Freaky Friday, you have the original song that she plays at her mom's wedding at the very end after they switch bodies back called The Ultimate. More importantly, she does not sing it, but it's the greatest song from any Disney movie, which is Take Me Away. Take Um, Me Away. And you may have noticed uh, over, because it's the 20th anniversary, there are two bands that I can name. You cannot listen to the original on Spotify, unfortunately. Christina Vidal does the the vocals for the original. It's awesome. But her character was awesome. Oh, her character was amazing. And she she went on to actually be in Blue Bloods, by the way, as an ADA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's a, a band that I saw that's playing Riot Fest that, and it, they're playing the day I'm going, because I'm only going one day this year, called the Aqua Dolls. And they did a cover of it. And then there's another band that I love called Meet Me at the Altar, which is a young Black female punk band 
And they just released their cover. And that's why I said Chad Michael Murray has been really cool. He did a whole video with them celebrating the fact they were dropping this cover because it's all of these girls that were like our age when that movie came out that are now in bands of their own and going, you know what? That was a really rad song. Let's do a cover. Mm -hmm. And the epic guitar solo. I mean, that's probably the peak of the body switching hijinks that happens is when oh yeah they the 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 band that's been stuck in the garage gets you know their big break to play at the house of blues and it's the same night as the rehearsal dinner for the wedding and what's gonna happen and annabelle shows up and she can't do any of it so her mom is playing the guitar behind the 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 stage right so anna and her mom's body is playing the guitar in the wings and jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. is acting oh i love that scene where she like she was like think of the like best like guitarist you've seen and yes like, her mom's like rolling stones keith richards and she's like okay act like keith and she's like not the, like the drugs and stuff right <laughs> yes and then, of course, she gets up there and halfway through the guitar solo, she takes both hands off the guitar and starts, like, waving them back and forth. And the crowd goes so wild speaking, anyway. <laughs> the, yeah, the crowd knows no difference. And while we're talking about, about Tess Coleman, the mom, and we kind of talked a little bit about the whole kind of creepiness of, like, the marriage, we have to talk about Chad Michael Murray's character. Uh-huh. Trying to go after who he thinks is Annabelle, but because Annabelle is now her mom, her mom's brain and soul, you've got Ch- Chad Michael Murray losing interest and going after Tess Coleman because Annabelle is inside her mom. And so you have this really mm-hmm. uncomfortable scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is on the back of the motorcycle with chad michael murray and Mm -hmm. her fiance rolls up (laughs) to him Mm -hmm. the day of their rehearsal dinner and as a kid that just seemed like okay looking back (laughs) so bizarre (laughs) yes yes yeah but you know what so is like confessions of a teenage drama queen when they can't get into the concert they go around the back they're in the alley and the band member that Lola is obsessed with named Stu, which I still so find it so funny that they decided that was the best name they could come up with for a, a heartthrob. Um, Stu is completely passed out drunk in the garbage pan- like bags be- out behind mm-hmm. the concert hall. And so they have to take him to a diner. And like at one point he was like, I want onion rings. <laughs> they give him a cup of coffee. Yeah. I think that is like that is like the big reckoning moment right for Lola where she's like oh my hero is a drunk. That's why I wanted to specify that this isn't like a typical boy band that we think of where like yeah. teeny boppers like we're we're talking of like full on adults and to my earlier point if I were um, Lola's parent I'd be going oh great you're going to a concert and then you're also going to go to a grown man's house with a bunch of grown people? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't the whole deal, though, like, she can go to the concert, but her dad's got to pick them up or something? Because her dad lives in the city. No, so that's what he offers. Her, okay. her dad offers to take her, and she refuses, finds out that Ella's parents are going to be in New York, too, so they go with the thought that they'll stay with Ella's parents. But 
and this was also one of my favorite parts when eventually Stu and the two girls get arrested because Stu throws a donut at a police officer in the diner. Mm-hmm. And so they get arrested and Lola's dad comes and picks them up, but he's brought his dog who's like sheep dog who apparently is in some like famous TV show in the movie. And so Stu realizes that and it completely fangirls after the dog and invites them all back to the party. That's right. It's been a while. The big seminal party scene I remember is the one when Megan Fox gets backed up all the way into her parents' fabulous little indoor fountain. Yeah. Feather Bella and all. And the reason we can't talk about Disney movies without talking about movie surfers. Oh the Disney Channel gosh. short. <laughs> because I mean they were they just that was where you got all your information. You couldn't just go on YouTube and look at the behind the scenes. You you relied on the movie surfers. And I remember they interviewed Megan Fox and they were on set when that scene was shot and the fact she was wearing like a feather boa and she was yep. just dripping. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the, the movie surfers did a whole bit about that scene. But yeah, one of the, the highlights is when Megan Fox, before she ends up in the fountain, she just has like a hot dog stand in her house. Oh yeah, it's like the most insane cast party you've ever seen. Actually, in high school, gets I started her... going to cast parties, and I was like disappointed because there were no hot dog stands. Right. So she dresses her hot dog ketchup only, which is actually a really good detail because most kids that's how they eat their hot dogs. And then she's eating it as she goes to the front door. <laughs> like, what writers' room were like? Okay, we need Carla Santini to go and answer the door. No, well, you she know can't what just go is, to the door. What should I, she be doing? I think it might be sicker than that. I think it's a whole bunch of men in the writers' room who wanted to watch Megan Hot. No, I think it's a whole bunch of men who wanted to watch Megan Fox stick a wiener in her mouth. No, don't yeah. tell me that. Yeah, yeah that's just my gut right. feeling. Because you're then, right, that is weird. And then end up in, and then end up in a fountain wet. Yeah, damn. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I will give them this. Uh, that movie was the reason that D- DDR got cool again. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. We didn't even talk about that. The epic DDR dance, the DD- dance but not revolution. Really DDR, but close. No. Be- because they do like all of this jumping around with like it's like a a bar that they like hop over and stuff like it's way more involved and carla santini is wearing a velour tracksuit in that scene yep probably not juicy couture because the budget for the movie probably couldn't allow that (laughs) but definitely inspired by juicy couture (laughs) oh yeah well i think juicy was just starting to hit the be big i think juicy would have been like fabulous like fine with her wearing it but i think that it was just juicy wasn't big yet you know i'm thinking about these movies honestly i'm thinking Lindsay lohan really had a great run she had freaky friday she had uh confessions of a teenage drama queen the same year she also did that movie get a clue which i believe had chris pine in it right i loved 
invite me back for that one too. Make a list. I'll invite Uh, you back for that one. We're definitely going to talk about the parent trap on this show because I know Katie has seen that one. Mean Girls for sure as well. Um, But the other one, I wanted us to do a show on this before Barbie came out, but Katie hasn't seen it called Life Size. I know what you're going to say, Life Size. (laughs) With Tyra Banks. Tyra Smizing Banks. Yeah, that with the the stamp on her foot oh yeah that has to be a whole nother episode i was going the opposite direction going towards just my luck that's the one with chris pine just my luck is okay get a clue was like i think in the middle of her heyday though wasn't it yeah that was closer to confessions and freaky friday that was a disney channel original um that's right well and there's this great scene where I don't remember the name of, of her character in, in Get a Clue, but Brenda Song Sweet. is in it. Lexi seems to, it seems to me that Lindsay always needs to play characters with names that start with L. Yeah. Well, and we Lola, we Brenda, Lexi. Song, <laughs> Brenda Song plays her best friend mm-hmm. in Get a Clue. Um, really, really good Disney Channel, you know, OG movie. Just my luck. This is a good throwback. I remember getting Just My Luck off of Netflix in the mail. So that was the first time. She was older in that one, but it was with Chris Pine. And it was another, not body switching movie, but it was all about her character was always lucky. She had the best luck. She would win lottery tickets. She would, you know, be on time, even if she was running 20 minutes late, all of that. And then Chris Pine's character was an absolute mess constantly hurting himself constantly being late like horrible luck Mm -hmm. and so what switches is their luck that's right and then of course they fall in love and live happily ever after um but that that was was just two years that was just two years after um queen came out i saw it much later i didn't see it right when it came out um because you know i had to wait on that netflix list because we you could only get two dvds at a time and that was like the upgrade and so i remember being at the computer going mom i want i want to get this movie i want to get that and she's like well we already got this one for you it's not your turn nowadays you just throw it on you just use your remote um much more of an adult film than a kid's movie um but yeah she was she was on a roll oh yeah and then you know, unfor- we can't talk about these movies without talking about what eventually happened to her and being a child star, Disney affiliated, all of that. But now she has a baby and is living in Dubai. So I think she's doing pretty great. You know what? She got away from her money grubbing parents, one of whom is in Freaky Friday. She has a cameo yes. and breaks the fourth wall by looking directly at the camera like any stage obsessed parent would. Uh, the bitch. She was also in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. She so had a cameo like a, in that too. Oh my god! So is this like a deal? She was like, "Yeah, my daughter can do it, but I have to take all of her money, and I also have to be in the movie." Like, I guess so. I mean, the her cameo in Freaky Friday in the last scene when she looks directly in the camera is just—it's laughable. But oh. in Confessions, it's not only her; it's also Lindsay's like two other sisters that are in the background oh walking god, down the street. Right. Yeah. So yeah. well, I'm glad that she got out of it. I, you know, um, Katie, and I'm sure when we do our next episode, Katie will fill you in on Paris Hilton because she just finished reading Paris Hilton's. Movie. I saw that. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to Brittany's memoir, quite honestly, because while you say that the boy band in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is not really a boy band, it's more a rock band, because, mm-hmm. you know, Stu is a drunk and Get all older. that. I got to say that I'm pretty sure we're going to find out some things about NSYNC that we didn't think we were ever going to know about from Brittany's book. <laughs> you know, well, there's there are conspiracy theories on the interwebs, on the dark web that um nsync is getting back together i don't know if that you would have happened although justin hasn't had anything in a while but maybe it's coming like, from the camp of justin because timbaland came out and said that justin's been working in the studio and this is going to be his greatest album future sex and i'm like okay now if he's going to give me an album like future sex and love sounds we may have a deal here but then yeah. like, that went away real fast. And now all of a sudden they're saying that there might be a reunion. I don't know. I met Joey Fatone in person. He seemed like a pretty chill dude who doesn't want to go back to that. Well, I think there's a lot of pressure because we've seen the Jonas Brothers. We have seen Backstreet Boys. We've seen uh, New Kids on the Block all go on these tours. So I think there's a lot of a lot of speculation grounded in just optimism. But yeah, Brittany, when, when and if, hopefully when she does her, her memoir, um, that will be very revealing in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, especially right now with people accusing her soon to be ex-husband of like stealing from her. It's just, there's so many things out there. And I feel like Lindsay Lohan was in that same group of, child stars that hit it really big and then as soon as they stopped being children their world collided so vanity fair did a cover in july 2003 and the title was it's totally raining teens and here's a list of the women that they had on the cover because it was all teen stars that were big at that time they had amanda Bynes, (laughs) already Mm -hmm. off to a great track record start with mental stability they had yeah. the Olsen twins. They had Mandy mm-hmm. Moore, Hilary Duff, Alexis Bledel, Evan Rachel Wood, who I feel like was an outlier because she was in like a lot of dark movies. Raven she wasn't Strong. in, yeah. Yeah, she was in 13, which is, I recommend seeing mm-hmm. 13. It's a scary movie if you ever want to be a parent, but she's great in it. And Holly Hunter plays her mom. Uh, Raven mm-hmm. Simone, the sole black woman on the cover because- it was Vanity Fair in 2003 and Lindsay Lohan. Well, and also look at, and and look at that timing of what was on TV. Of what was on TV. And so like, let's look at that list. And if you think about everyone that was on that cover, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who thank God most of them have gotten out. Um, Hillary Duff is doing amazing Mm -hmm. things on Hulu right now with how I met your father. Um, The Olsen twins have their fashion empire. Mandy Moore was on This Is Us for a long, long time. Um, I think as a producer, pretty big. Evan Rachel Wood is one of my heroes. Raven Simone has a big presence. Um, she was on The View for a while. She's been, she's been out and about, and she's been very transparent. If you move forward a couple of years, and I know that's kind of when you fell off of Disney and a lot of that because you were growing up, mm-hmm. um, but I was still kind of in that in that time frame. That's when you get into the Demi Lovato. Yep. Uh, the Demi Lovato's, the Allison Stoners. Um, and Allison Stoner actually 
is has been teasing for a while now that she did a confidential Zoom where all of these child stars from Disney, Nickelodeon, you know, Jeanette McCurdy, you know, mm-hmm. all of the people that we suspect, but all anonymous and she basically collected all of the stories Hmm. without having to reveal their identities of this is the dark side i mean she went viral a couple of years ago because she made comments about how the camp rock set was the most toxic environment and alluded to drug use and like all of this stuff which you know is very believable well, if you um, think about like Judy Garland was being given uppers and downers to take it every turn because she was in the studio system. Disney is a studio yeah. system, especially at mm-hmm. that time in the early 2000s. It was a studio system and Nickelodeon, very similar, right? I mean, we heard Jeanette McCurdy has gone in depth in her book about yeah. how much she was encouraged to drink by the producer of that show. And you're, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, that was a dark, dark time. And seeing Freaky Friday and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is a lot of fun, but you do start thinking like, hmm, what was going on behind the scenes? Now, there are actors like especially in Teenage Drama Queen where we get Alison Pill, who we've seen in so many things. She was in Scott Pilgrim as the drummer. And I love hearing her yell, we are sex babam. <laughs> um, and she, you know, she's been one of my favorite movies. Unfortunately, it's fucking Woody Allen, and I hate the fact that he made this movie. But Midnight <laughs> in Paris is one of my favorite. Zelda, mm-hmm. and she plays Zelda Fitzgerald, and she's and so well. And it all comes back to thank God they gave her a spot on Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen as a conventionally not very attractive kid to be able to move and be talented out of that space and to have these roles where she just. I mean, I love her as Zelda. I liked her in the newsroom for the short mm-hmm. amount of time I enjoyed that show. Um, and she's not slowing down. She's got plenty of projects in the hopper. Well, not right now. She's on strike, but you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. But but you're right. I, I think what's unfortunate is these kids are given such great opportunity. And they have all of the keys to success, but they aren't given the support needed. Mm-hmm. For kids to be kids, for kids to be able to develop healthy mm-hmm. in a healthy way, in a natural way. And, you know, there there are always going to be the ones that, that excel and, you know, go on to be great. But clearly there is a, a, a pattern when it comes to these certain corporations of, of how the kids end up, you know, maturing and the issues that they that they develop and I don't know what the, the fix is, but it's it's interesting to look at and, and always feels good when you see things like Lindsay Lohan has, you know, just had a baby, is happily married, living in Dubai, couldn't be happier, is talking about, you know, whether or not she wants to continue, but her just being happy after so many years of her just being degraded in the spotlight um, mm-hmm. as a kid. Now, I mean, she did have a hit and run, but yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but, but mean, it all it all links back, right? And and no yeah. one's no one very few are as lucky as people like Selena Gomez, who has found a place in the hearts of I think viewers of any generation watching Only Murders in the Building right now. Oh, oh God, we'll have to talk about this week's episode. Uh- <laughs> You have grandma energy was my favorite line. <laughs> I liked the distinct description of what her sweaters always looked like. Yes. 
no, but, but, but you, know, you, right. you and, get very few art, you know, very few actors from that time that make it. And I think that when we look at stories from like the, the set of Harry Potter, where Chris Columbus, the director, when he made the first two movies was adamant about how the kids needed to remain kids on set. And he would give mm-hmm. them like tasks to do, like play a prank on this star or go and play in the yard for a while. And his big thing, because he was a, a kid when he was in the business was making sure that they were able to have somewhat of a normal childhood even though they had very far from a normal childhood disney didn't allow that that was time out of disney's you know paycheck you're not making money Mm -hmm. you're not making money if you're playing and having fun so you need to get back on it and here's a red carpet where we need you to wear jeans with a mini skirt layered over it (laughs) and ballet flats and ballet flats and a couple of different belts and three camis layered on top of each other (laughs) Yeah, the more layers the and a better. shrug. <laughs> Always the shrug. Always, Always the, shrug. the shrug. Yeah. Well, the fa- the fashion was just to a, a new level and we're talking about some heavy things here, but you th- I I always go back to the body image stuff. I look at these movies and at the time when I was watching them as a kid, I did not I did not see it as weird or different as an adult looking back. I'm going, Oh my gosh, Lindsay Lohan is the epitome of the, what do they call it? The um, cocaine skinny. Is that what they call um, it? No. So Katie and I were just talking about this last episode. We were talking about what they called heroin chic at that time. Heroin chic. There we go. Mm -hmm. I made my own. But honestly, okay, she kidding. wasn't. That's what's insane about it is looking at her, she's not even heroin chic. <laughs> well, and people have been using uh Jessica Simpson on the internet lately. Yeah. Of, you know, people thought that she was on weight, she was a spokesperson for Weight Watchers at one point. Mm-hmm. But she was a normal sized person. But oh, the tablet shredded her when she gained weight and she became, you know, a average size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not but even then, average, close to average. You fast forward to now and not much has changed. Uh, people on, on the internet were going after Miranda Lambert because she was at a concert and she got thrown like a shot, you know, a shooter, and she took it. And people were like, we thought she was pregnant. Oh, God. She shouldn't be drinking. She's pregnant. Well, you and I, Bridget, both had the moment during the, the Super Bowl halftime show where we're like, I don't want to say anything, but I think living rooms family rooms man men man caves around the country were having that uncomfortable feeling of is she is she i don't want to be the one to say not then good for her rocking the baby weight you do it babe but the other part of me was like i think she might be absolutely you're you're absolutely right with that if you believe that a woman is pregnant and she is taking a shot what does that say about what you're thinking of that woman i don't know yeah it just but you know, looking back and less about Freaky Friday, but in Confessions, they dress her friend Ella because the character is supposed to be a little more conservative kind of, mount, you know, they mm-hmm. dress her in a very conservative way in a flapper dress that's down to her knees. Meanwhile, Lindsay's wearing, you know, stilettos with a skin tight sequenced tube dress. The last thing I would want to wear to a concert. Right? Uh, but yeah the whole the whole concept of i'm going to steal a costume to go to this concert is a whole nother story but the way that they dress hey listen i went to the renaissance tour yeah i kind of wish i had a professional costumer to take care of me for that 
I'm sorry, you can't compete. Why are you bothered? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an event. It's the event. It you is. Know? And what was fabulous about that show is that everyone was dressed up. Everyone was in on the the game. You have to dress similar to Taylor Swift's tour. Yep. You have to dress yep. for this event. It is an event. You pay $450 for your chair. It's an event. You dress up. It, yes. 100%. But you wear comfy shoes because you're going to dance a lot. Well, yeah, that was when when they're walking through the streets of New York in the rain at one point, she's still wearing her heels. I'm like, oh, honey, they'd be gone. Oh, no. I'd be, risk- I'd be risking disease. As, as <laughs> someone who, um, okay, so it'll be me and Hannah have two different perspectives on this as two people who walked home from a New Year's Eve party on the edge of Times Square when we turned over to 2023. I stayed in my heels because I was not willing to risk that. I'd much rather get my toes amputated than get, you know, hoof and mouth disease. And Hannah took her shoes off a block away from the hotel. To everyone there. It's a level of desperation. It is something that I don't want to ever be in the position of having to do ever again in my life. No. And there are so many cute, comfortable shoes nowadays. There's no need. Well, we are actually at the end of our time. We'll land on how different we are. <laughs> we'll land on how different we are. Clearly, Bridget and I have very different perspectives. Bridget laughed very loudly at the line in Barbie that was, if my feet were flat, I would never wear heels. I thought it was funny, but I didn't laugh nearly as hard. That was like my favorite line. It was great. <laughs> but uh, Bridget, it has been so fun having you as a co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And 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 giving me uh, your time to talk about all things Lindsay and Lohan. Well, and this won't be the last episode. We're going to call you back because I think we still have to talk about Parent Trap. We definitely have to talk about Life Size. There's just a ton of movies that we can still cover that Katie, as non-Lilo Stan as she is, will, will need your expertise on those. So thank you for joining us. Of course. Anytime. And if you're listening in, uh, we would love for you to follow us at SP Cinema Club on Instagram or on Twitter. We will not say what it's really called now because we think it's dumb. Uh, We might not be, and I know we say this every episode, there is a good chance by the time you listen to this, we are no longer on Elon Musk's uh, social network because Katie and I have both vamoosed. And uh, I don't know. None of us likes to be over there. It's not fun anymore. So follow us on Instagram. That's the best place to find us send us a note let us know what movies you'd like us to talk about um we'll be posting probably some uh behind the scenes stuff from confessions of a teenage drama queen and from figgy friday i'm gonna post that vanity fair cover because i think it is just such a time capsule of where we were as a country in 2003 um but you know in the meantime make sure that you follow us make sure that you invite your friends to the slumber party there's always room for more and uh we'll see you next time bye